Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 120. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by the 2 and 5 Thomas Smiley, and we're here to talk about legacy. I don't know. I'm feeling I'm feeling Joe Flacco tonight. I feel like I feel like the Patriots are are not going to be 3 and 5 at the end of this game. Now I know how the fans of every other NFL team feel uh, or have felt for the last 20 years. It's uh it's not a good feeling. So wait, Flacco's in the game? Yeah, Fla- Flacco's... You're, you, okay, I know that you were a Jets fan, and you've been <laughs> sort of detached because the Jets are the Jets. But I think Donald's out with Flacco as the quarterback of the Jets now. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I had only seen, every time I looked at it, it was uh, the Patriots were driving. And I thought the score was 7-3, but you just actually informed me the Jets had the lead, so... Yeah, it's ten seven. I have the volume muted, but I'm watching it. Uh, Patriots, Patriots have turned the ball over. What's what's new this season? And the Jets are actually moving the ball on the defense. So, um, yeah, I, I I'm not I'm I don't have high hopes for this team. I was I had really really strong feelings of potential at the beginning, but not anymore. Yep. So. I just listened to a Magic podcast for the first time. That's not true. I listened to uh, Legacy Breakfast, right? That's what's called the uh, the British podcast a few weeks yeah. ago. You shouted and, them out on the cast. Yeah, that was awesome. I just listened to the Canadian Threshold, the most recent episode. Mm-hmm. Did Did you hear about it, Tom? No, I didn't hear about the most recent one. The last one I listened to um, was the the one that we talked about with the intro song yeah. uh, maybe two weeks ago. The most recent one is not a Warcraft podcast. With, oh, I have, James, I, I, I'll have to watch this one. James is guesting on it, and oh, uh, that's awesome. It gets into uh, it gets into the rivalry, the East Coast West Coast rivalry between our podcasts. So, oh, jeez, I, I enjoyed I... it. I was thoroughly enjoying it. <laughs> but speaking of rivalries, bro, we got a brewing rivalry with leaving a legacy right now. Because we stole their guest for this week, which is which is awesome. We're also going to beat them in the fundraising competition. And listen, when you talk to them, they're gonna they're not gonna say it's a competition. They're gonna be like, <laughs> "We're doing this as a friendly, togetherly gesture to raise money for Room to Grow." But we like to turn everything into a competition, so it's a competition, and we're gonna beat them too. The way I view it is like they're like Notre Dame, right? And we're we're BC, and we're like, yeah, we're rivals, you know. And Notre Dame's like, our rival is USC. Listen, we 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 happen to play you every year, and usually you beat us, but we're, we're rivals with USC, all right. And uh, that's probably the attitude that I imagine they're gonna cop. So, yeah, be, yeah, I, they ready. don't have to have the attitude of the winners for sure. <laughs> so yeah, without further ado, we have. An expert on all things legacy, but also commander, pauper, uh, magic related. We thought it would be a good time to have Joe Dyer on the cast this week. Joe, what's going on, man? Uh, I don't know about expert, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm here. <laughs> You've definitely written more words about the legacy format than anyone else in the last six months. This is true. <laughs> this is very true. How long does it take you to write your articles, bro? Uh, at least, uh, at least a day. So Damn. at least, at least about a morning ha- uh, to uh, through the middle of the day. So 
Yeah. yeah it, there's it depends no on how, how much of a head start I get. Right. Too. If I don't start till like Monday morning, because uh, the article comes out on Tuesdays now, uh, so I usually start Monday morning because that's when all the results are uh, now available. Usually. Uh, yeah. Then <laughs> I, I am able to get it done. You know, but it usually takes me about you know half a day to at least a little bit more. If I'm able to start on Sunday night doing some things on the side of my other topic, not not result related uh, stuff, then I can get ahead a little bit and get done earlier. But yeah, it takes a while. <laughs> yeah, it's nice when there's like a narrative that sort of opens up earlier in the week, like leading into the tournament, and then you can like you could think about okay like maybe this is what i'm gonna write about and then those things happen you're like all right i got my topic now we just need right. to like tune the details yeah and i i love this this kind of season that we're in right now because i love spoiler season because it makes what i'm gonna write about painfully easy mm-hmm. you know i'm just okay i'll just write about new cards <laughs> i thought you, know. you meant indian summer bro because uh. i took my ac out last week oh uh. It's like well, eight, it's like it it's like cooking. seventy or eighty today. Yeah, I was cooking today, man. It was yeah. like seventy nine in my office. Uh huh. Yeah. It's like seventy five it, here in Boston. It's crazy. Jeez, what's going it, on? It, and it Tom Cairns is buried in the greatest snowfall Calgary's ever seen. So it's like, Pouring where where's Tom. this weather for us? Right. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so do we get a lot of snow here in Ohio? Uh, I don't, it's, it's Ohio. You'll get snow, sun, um, rain, um, hail, tornadoes all in the same day. Like it's within like five minutes of each other even. So yeah. Did you get that uh, hail last week? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was nuts, did, yeah. dude. I've never yeah. seen anything like that. Yeah. It's, it, it, it can't even tell in the state anymore, honestly. So especially down where we're at, cause we're in kind of like, you know, they don't call us the Miami Valley for nothing. We are in a valley. Okay. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we get stuff that kind of comes down in and then out. So right. it just changes really quickly here. Gotcha. So it'll be cold again, I'm sure, next week. So, or even 20 minutes from now, I don't know. I hope so, because it's, it's, been, it's been brutal the past couple of days. But I got out golfing. It was a lot of fun this weekend. I'm really enjoying the $17 rounds riding that I've been playing since I got here. It's like Eight, eighteen or nine, usually nine. Honestly, okay. But yeah, it's like less than half the price of golf in Boston, pretty much consistently. And there's like thirteen or fourteen courses I could choose from that are within an hour. It's beautiful. Nice. Really enjoying that aspect of this, bro. I I actually was my wife was laughing at me earlier because I was like, man, the most fucked up thing about my whole experience in Ohio is that they don't use rakes at the golf courses, like for the sand. <laughs> it they turns out they don't rake their own. You like you, you hit a sand trap and you don't rake yourself out of it. No, there's never been a rake at any of these courses. And she's like, it's because of COVID. They, they can't use rakes anymore. <laughs> and I just oh, thought this was shit. some Midwestern thing that like, that everybody's just like ah fuck golf we don't we don't rake the sand or whatever. <laughs> we let the buddhists do that i thought it was like some fucking egotistical red state trip they were on but you're like this next motherfucker's gonna God. hit right into my divot and he's gonna have to take <laughs> two to get out yeah every sand oh. traps like this like you know looks more like a bunker maybe but like a 15 year old's face <laughs> 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 Yeah, 
so that that's uh, that made a lot of sense when she said that. I I felt pretty stupid. Uh, <laughs> that's how it goes. But yeah, well, we we got a uh, we got Joe on not just for his knowledge of Ohio, but for his knowledge. We actually had another listener, our, our buddy Jesse Inman, approached me this week asking if we would consider doing a CEDH episode, which is apparently competitive EDH. And I told him that like we don't really know anything about that, you know, Tom. Yeah, I mean, but, like, I don't, I don't either. Yeah, like, I have I a couple of friends in that community. Well, like I'm friend, I'm friends with a couple people in that community, but yeah. that's because they're like local people, you know. Yeah. Like I'm friends with one of the guys that runs um, playing for power, uh, Mike Sod. Is that a yeah, website? He, uh, they're a competitive EDH like YouTube channel. Okay. And nice. they do they do a bunch of content and stuff, and I'm just friend I'm just happen to be friends with him because he's a local in my area. Gotcha. So. Well, yeah, I mean, apparently it's a lot like Legacy, but it would it would I, feel. I think weird it's a lot more me. like Vintage. True, that's a good. Yeah, point. yeah, they're 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 trying to like combo off on like turn one, turn two, like consistently, and that's as much as I know of it. They're like, well, it's like playing Vintage. I'm like, then I'll just play Vintage. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> like, I get to play with Black Lotus and Vintage. <laughs> did you play in the Vintage Eternal Weekend, Joe? I think you did, right? I did not. I was out of oh. town that weekend. Oh, yeah, right. I was, I, was, I was camping that weekend, unfortunately. Well, not on. I guess not unfortunately. Like we had a good time that weekend, but it was also kind of cold gotcha. that weekend, and so we were kind of like we kind of stayed in the camper most of the time. So it was kind of like miserable. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah, I, it was a. Uh, it was a lot of fun playing in the vintage tournament, and I think vintage is actually in a really good spot right now. I enjoyed yeah. the games, not as much as I enjoyed the legacy games, but more than I expected to enjoy the vintage games. Yeah, I, I've been a little. It's weird because I've been like partially frustrated with vintage lately, but it's not because of the gameplay. It's because of my gameplay. <laughs> So I've been uh, sort of frustrated with my ability to play blue matchups. What do you? Uh, what deck are you playing? Uh, I I just any deck that plays fair blue cards is gotcha. you know gonna run into those those games where you have the uh, blue mirror you know where, where you're playing against another deck that plays yes. the exact same suite of blue cards you're playing and you have to play correctly or you know you're just getting blown out by whatever they have and uh, those matchups I, I've never been totally for fully confident in my ability to play those matchups well uh and there's still things i'm still learning about those matchups and so i just i get frustrated pretty easily about it and it's like it's like i should probably just play shops for a while <laughs> just something that i could just slam people in the face with because it just feels good so yeah. i was well, trying to play a, that's a sign um, of like a good format though right where you're like right? all right my losses are kind of my fault i wish i could play better yeah but the, yeah the no. format's good enough to where you feel like you could switch decks and there's lots of viable options the format's great yeah like they um the deck i was i was having some frustration with it was just because again i was kind of having an off day uh and just you know my personal mistakes uh and whatnot trying to like get to that mindset where i'm trying to acknowledge that that's the problem and not like you know tilt off super hard about it uh but uh i was playing this uh like rug like fast bond deck uh, that's like the crab deck, but also like has like a breach kill kind of in it too. Okay, You're playing against uh, it or with it? With it, with yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's 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 actually been a lot of fun. I'm probably gonna record a video with it at some point because 
Uh, it was incredibly fun to actually play. Uh, yeah, I believe I got, it. I played a league with the Crab Shack deck back when uh, when Eric first made it. Yeah, so imagine, imagine instead of being in bug colors that you're in rug colors, mm -hmm. and you get to play Valakut Exploration. Yes. And then you also get to play Underworld Breach. Yo, Valakut so Exploration game, seems so sick with that deck. And then you just get to like occasionally go, game one, Breach kill you. And so they sideboard for Breach with all like the graveyard hate and stuff, and then you go... Turn one fastball and crab obero get you. <laughs> Are they not playing retreat to Hagra anymore? No, that they this have... this version is not because it's rug. Yeah, that, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I don't I don't know about the bug version anymore because not really many people have worked on that deck a lot. Right. So a lot of the fastball decks lost their a lot of their centralized players that were actually really hard working on those decks. Mm -hmm. Like I know Eric Freitag still plays. Yeah. But he's been playing a lot of legacy. Okay. So he hasn't playing been playing a ton of vintage. Um, the guy that developed the Zeus Bond deck, uh, Zeus, uh, he is not really playing vintage right now. Gotcha. So you know it's kind of like one of those things where you got people that were working on those decks, developing those decks, and they just kind of fell off the map because they stopped playing the format or for whatever reason. So, um, but uh, I got this list from uh, Winged Hussar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He sent it to me when I was originally th got my weekends flipped on which weekend I was going to be able to play. I thought I was going to be able to play in Vintage, and then I realized our camping trip was not the week of Legacy. It was the week of Vintage, gotcha. so I was going to play Legacy instead. But uh, I I had reached out. I just like poking around the Vintage Discord asking for anybody having like any spicy fastball brews, and he texted me with that one, and I was just like, oh, this looks like a lot of fun. And sure enough, it is a lot of fun. It's just. <laughs> running into these these games where I'm like, I feel so incredibly outplayed right now. Uh, and it's all my fault. So Yeah, it took uh, me about twenty matches of vintage over the eternal weekend vintage like testing to figure out how much I needed to mulligan because like in the blue fair yeah. matchups you were kind of alluding to this before, but in the blue fair matchups in Legacy Card advantage is a big part of it. Like you'll you'll keep you know not I don't want to say suboptimal sevens, but your cards are really of a pretty flat power level, so you don't want to go down a card. Like you definitely right. would keep a six that was lands and spells, right? Yeah. And vintage, you can't do that in vintage. No, you can't. And it took no. me it took me a few different matchups getting trounced until I figured out yeah. you know my threshold. Your card threshold. your card quality matters so much more. Right. Like if you can resolve, especially like. The the thing I like about like the rug decks and the thing I like about Jeskai is that you can resolve Ancestral Recall a lot. Right. And I I love casting Ancestral Recall. It's probably my favorite thing to cast in the format. Uh, who doesn't like drawing three cards for one blue mana? But those decks can cast it more than once, and that's where like the goodness of those decks come from. Like you can Mystic Sanctuary, you can have Dreadhorde Arcanist, you can have you know various ways of casting those cards uh, again and again and again uh, to where, you know, you're all ahead on card qual quality and card quantity over your opponent because you've cast Ancestral Recall a bunch. Yeah, Plus, the like, the three, the three cards you draw in Vintage are just usually, like, so much better than the three cards you're going to draw in any other format. Oh, yeah. So it feels oh, even yeah. better. Yeah, the last uh, league that I played and the, the last league that our buddy Tom Cairns played we were actually playing in Ancestral Visions alongside Ancestral Recall. 
just because of exactly what you were alluding to, like the Dreadhorde Arcanist, like the ways to, oh God, to recast yeah. it. I was just yep. like, man, it, it's such a big delta, like the games where you find your recall and the games where you don't, uh, that I would like to have an ancestral vision, honestly, just, just to be able to flash it back and do all that stuff right. with it. So it, it was actually working out really well for in the games where I tested it. But My- Mystic Sanctuary is just the most bonkers magic card, honestly. It's pretty gross, yeah. The card, card should just not exist. <laughs> I'd, I'd feel a lot better about those decks in that format if they if it did not exist. Like, it's just so busted. And you can't even, like, restrict it, really. Like, restricting it actually does nothing, because almost all the decks just play one. Pretty much. So, it's just impossible. But it's still fun to play with, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, if Gush were unrestricted, I think it would... It oh god so i i've played a format where gush is unrestricted uh it's a, a format that uh our guys in team series created uh vintage ux uh vintage unleashed mm-hmm. uh where the restriction list is much 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 more relaxed there's like 30 something guards that were unrestricted okay uh and basically the format is the things that are restricted are power based on tradition uh, and tutors, like tutor effects. Yeah. Uh, and like draw sevens, I think, are like all, like, well, not all of them. I think windfall is maybe unrestricted. Right. Uh, but like, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's just unrestricted. So you get to play with, you know, four brainstorm, you know, four ponder. Uh, but you also get to play with like four gush and you get to play with four fast bond. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing, not having and four that's, brainstorm. That's super good. Like that, that totally changes the whole dynamic of it because that's the other thing about mulliganing is in Legacy you're used to being able to, to think, okay, well, if I flood, if I keep this three lander and then draw two more lands in my deck that, that tops out at three, it's not a huge yeah. deal because I'll be able to get rid of them at some point. You can't do that in Vintage. No. You, know, you have one Brainstorm, so. Yep, yep. It you have really, one Ponder. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. that, it's big deal. Yeah, so you're mulliganing a lot more uh, in that format. Even in the blue decks, you're mulliganing a lot more. So, but uh, I, I don't know. That was really interesting, honestly. I, I I'll probably go back to that deck for a bit, but I've been back playing some Legacy for a bit just because I was considering trying to qualify for the Mana Traders thing. Yeah, uh, and I haven't really decided what I was going to play for that yet. So. Gotcha. Uh, I've been banging back and forth between Card Echo and Oops All Spells. Yeah. Lately, so uh, and probably leaning more towards Oops because it just lets me f- blow through my matches much quicker. Are you playing blue? No, I'm playing the Jax list. Gotcha. Uh, I think that list is much better. The list, basically, the same kind of list that uh, placed second at the Eternal Weekend yes. event. The green, the green, black. Yep variant i think that having having ways to answer hate and just being faster is so much better for that deck yeah uh i'm I'm glad that the blue version exists don't get me wrong i actually think it's cool that it exists uh but i don't but i think like slowing yourself down to be able to play cantrips and play force will and stuff reminds me of a lot of like the black red reanimator versus the blue black reanimator conversation where black reanimator is better because it just goes under everything and just tries to jam in a kill Yep. Uh, instead of having to set it up and stuff. And there's just so much cards like Force Negation and Days and all that stuff in the format that 
just make them have it. (laughs) Just jam it at their face and make them have it. And if they've got it, sure, fine. Move to game two. (laughs) Like, you know, because in post-board games, you have tons of options against those decks. Chancellor of the Annex. uh, Leyline of Life Force is one that has consistently surprised me in that deck. You like that card? Oh, God, it's dumb. It's because especially when you're like, ah, I'm on the I'm on the draw in game two or three or whatnot, and I put a ley line into play, and I go turn one land wild cantor, uh, spirit guide, spirit guide, spirit guide, balustrates by. What are you gonna counter? Yep. Yeah, that's <laughs> <And> crazy. Then, <laughs> you know you can't counter any of that, so it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. It seems but, really good. I, I haven't actually played any games with it, but it's it does. I've seem gotten a co- I've gotten a couple with it, and it's it's consistently impressed me nice so uh i i played it a lot during like my days of playing the garuda deck though so i had already kind of had a baseline for understanding what how good the card actually was that's the only reason i know i knew that what the card was was because of your garuda deck yeah i miss that deck so much what do you I'm call it that, garuda uh, garuda is that the way to say it i think so i don't know i i was just call it gigon because the alternate art well, you work for Saffron Olive, so you have the official pronunciations. Sure, sure, we'll we'll go for that. You know, nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, like, like I'm kind of glad. I, like, I miss that deck a ton, but I'm kind of glad that it's not a thing anymore because we're getting a better clone <laughs> in this de- this new commander set. Yeah, so. I didn't actually put that card on the list. That, that's interesting. You brought that up, but we're gonna it, get to it's that. not playable. But now because Garuda's dead, right? But if Garuda was alive, that would certainly be a card it would play. Yeah, that so. card looked good to me, but yeah. So but, uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't really been playing a whole lot of leagues. I've been playing a lot of cube. They brought back Vintage Cube, and there's like thirty five hundred people in the queue right now. It's insane, bro. Like the nuts. You join the the queue, and it's full. Like, you can be one, you know, the first person in, and it's full in, like, 30, 40 seconds. It's, like, nothing I've experienced, like, the, the demand for this vintage cube. Maybe it, maybe it's this way, like, last holiday season, I just wasn't playing it at first, so I didn't notice, but it's been uh, it's been interesting, man. Like, the cube, I was thinking about Tom, you had that run in 2018 where you got up to, like, you know, 1,900-something rating. Oh, from cube? Yeah, like... I I remember I, pretty much from the from the time that I started playing Magic Online, the Summer Vintage Cube and the Christmas Vintage Cube or the Holiday Vintage Cube were like the two times where I'd be able to sit down and just like actually just jam as many of those games as I could as I could. Um, one because usually school wasn't happening when the when the cubes when the cubes were out. Um, right. I, I was like able to go infinite pretty like pretty easily. And I would like actually be in the trophy race hunt, but that's like the magic that I that I play with my friends when we get together. Um, we have just like a like a proxy powered cube, and I just I have way more fun playing that than most of the other formats um, that I play. Cube is a ton of fun. Yeah, I just I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's awesome just, like, opening your packs, and it could have an Ancestral in it. You know what I mean? It could have a Soul Ring in it, or it, it could just have a Bribery, or it could just have an Ugin, or whatever, you know? Like, there, there's such a big delta in those packs that it makes, like, the, the deck-building part really exciting. But I've, I've really been kind of shocked by how much the cube has changed from, from 2018, from, from that era of the cube, when you were drafting the opposition deck, Tom, because I think you'd ident- identified 
like a, a certain weakness in the format. Okay, well, I and, so I always I like obviously there's like a whole bunch of archetypes and I, I played all of them, mm-hmm. uh, like white white blue creature decks with a little bit of counterspell backup. I I really liked the mono green ramp decks with a bunch of elves and like you can you can pivot from blue green and mono green into each other really easily um in opposition plus mana dorks and things like green sun zeta that just win you games so yeah i remember we talked about that and it's interesting because i started out it's funny because i've been playing so much innistrad that my first pack i was like happy about taking a tireless tracker and then i realized i was just being playing vintage cube and you're like yeah (laughs) yeah but uh i i generally gravitate towards those sort of bug or bant sort of mana doric ish decks mm-hmm. anyway but that deck is like in a lot higher demand than it used to be because the printings over the last you know over the last 18 months or however long it's been close to two years at this point but we've added oko uro you know all the sort of design mistakes from war of the spark you know teferi all that stuff mm-hmm. that like the combo decks haven't really gotten anything. They got Wishclaw Talisman from whatever set that was, Theros, I believe, or no, uh, Eldrain. Eldrain. Yeah. But like Brazen Borrower, Questing Beast, like these are all like you know Gilded Goose, like serious cards that like have artifact synergies and fit into the opposition decks. Like Blue Green is like basically where you want to be in this cube now, and I feel like it's really yeah. Uh, it's really changed a lot. Yeah, I mean, you get you get all the stuff like Krasis and stuff too. Yes, and those cards are just absurd. Yeah, I never I never was a big combo like like Storm combo or like Grixis combo drafter in Cube. There's sometimes that where I just like end up like backdooring into Reanimator or whatever. Um, but most of the time, it would just be like a sneak attack variant or something like that, where like you wouldn't have to put too many things together. I really right. like playing like fair mid-range-ish even like aggro aggro like aggro control um white blue aggro control is all, like my yes. second favorite archetype mm-hmm. um and so that's yeah. just a really good that might be the best deck in this cube to be honest like I, i've seen the the archetypes i've seen the most of are like that white blue aggro control deck crucible lock decks because there's ren and Ramanap excavator dryad of the Ellison grove now so there's a lot mm. of ways to strip mine lock you know, there's not just Crucible. So, like, there, there's those lock decks, there's the blue-white aggro decks, and the green ramp decks are the decks I've probably seen the most of. And I've actually been forced into Storm twice just because so many people are drafting fair decks now. So thought it was interesting. Yeah, that is. I mean, like, I guess if you're getting forced into Storm and you're like, oh, look at all these Storm cards that I'm getting past <laughs> mid to late, like, you can't complain about it. But I think when, when I was playing a lot more cube, there would be people who would be trying to force the storm deck, and you would get a lot of like very exactly. good fair cards in the in the mid game. That's and... what I was used to, and it just hasn't been that way. I'm at like I'm sitting at like three trophies, I want to say, over the past two or three days, but I'm, I'm not like crushing it by any means. But mm-hmm. yeah, I remember I remember sending you screenshots of like, hey Ian, look at look at what the run that I went on today, and yeah. I I definitely missed that. But my my life priorities have shifted. And I want to say that they're uh, they're focused on my kid and getting things done around the house, but really, it's it's Nax farming. And... I feel that. <laughs> I, I feel that my my soul, Tom. I really do. I'm I'm right there with you, yeah, honestly. We just had yeah. the plumbers here, 
uh, the plumbers finished oh, like a bunch of work and they were here for three days and that's finally done. So now we got a little bit more electrical to do. We got some stuff to do outside and then we got the attic to finish up, hopefully. And, uh, and then maybe we can stop doing uh, home improvement stuff, but we'll see. Yeah. My so, daughter just started uh, hybrid school today. So we've been school has been a thing yep. lately for me so yeah my my uh, three-year-old had his first day uh of it, it's in it like all remote no no hybrid um mm-hmm. but he's been doing it it's it's been crazy yeah she she's been uh virtual for the first nine weeks uh of school so today was the first day they started hybrid of her being in two days in three days virtual how so. how excited was she when she got home she's very 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 excited oh my god yeah. i can't i can't yeah. wait for him to like to actually yeah. come back from his first day of school because it's this is the only thing he knows he goes on the computer and he like sees yep. people on the screen but it's not the same well, granted my daughter's taken to it like you know nobody's business mm-hmm. you know she she took to it and just ran with it you know, she she had no issues. Within the first week, she was like, Dad, I'm signing into my computer now. And she was doing it all by herself. Uh, you know, I didn't have to help her sign into her computer. She 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 even did it, started doing it without the little card that had her username and password on it. That's so amazing. she was remember, remembering her username and password. Sweet. Uh, you know, I'm just like, man, you're way smarter than me. I swear, you know, it's, it's nutty how smart she is, so... Um, hopefully that's a good sign. I, I don't know. I, I think sometimes it is. I, I definitely think Sometimes it is. I feel like we have a 16-year-old and a 6-year-old's body, honestly. She's she's incredibly, when she tantrums, she, incredib- she tantrums incredibly like a teenager. My wife said the same <laughs> thing about me. <laughs> yeah. It's it's nuts, but it's been good. We've had a good, we've had a good time. I I'm working from home still. So, you know, it's kind of like, all right, well, I'm home. I can take her to school. Her school's only like five minutes away. Uh, so I can take her to school, get her, go pick her up from school on the day she goes. And then I'm home with her working while she's on her Zoom classes. Yeah, I, Ann and I have so, talked about this a lot. But had, like, were you, were, you weren't full remote before all this happened, were you? No. Okay, were, did you ever have the feeling or thought like, wow, I really wish that I could work a job that I could do remotely, that I could work for home from home. Like that would be so great to not commute and not have to go in. Cause I definitely had that thought before all of this happened and I have completely changed my mind. Yeah. Uh, I never had that thought, but I, now that I'm in it, I'm like, eh, okay. Like there's some days where I'm like, I wish I could just go back. I, I, I want to go back in. Yeah. Now granted the nature of my job does mean that I do have to actually go into the office on occasion mm-hmm. uh you know we have a the what the work that i do we have a hardware lab that we work in that my group specifically maintains and so when we have to do projects and stuff that involve us having to go in there and do stuff we have to make trips in to do that obviously we can't do that stuff remotely it's just not possible because it requires us to touch physical hardware and stuff like that mm-hmm. so so yeah, it it's I I don't know. There are days I'm like I wish I was just sitting at work. Yeah. Like I I, I wish I was like, granted I I might be doing the exact same thing sitting at home, but you know you know just you know hanging out in the lab and working on stuff and all that stuff. But 
I don't know. Sometimes I miss it. So what? When, when I'm sitting here, like during like a break from school, when I have some downtime, whatever, and I'm just like shitting around on the internet. If I was at work and I was doing that, that would be great because I'm at work. I'm getting paid <laughs> to like shit around on the internet. I'm like yeah. buying things on Amazon. Yeah. But now that right. I'm home and I'm doing that, I feel like I'm being unproductive because there's so much more shit that I could be doing, like not for work but for home stuff that I'm not doing. Oh yeah. Oh. Don't get me started on that. We've been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get the, uh, can you do this? Can you do that? I'm like, ah, fine. Yeah. I'm home. I can do that. Like, you know, so yeah, I, I feel it. Yep. Totally there. Yeah. It's brutal. But, uh, Have you had a chance to cube at all? I, I don't generally play a lot of the vintage cube, but I, I haven't yet. Uh, but I like vintage cube quite a bit, but, uh, it doesn't, I don't really do like the moto cubes that often. Gotcha. So I play a lot more constructed on there. Uh, cube is something I like to be physically touching cards and stuff with. Well, you're physically you know. almost done with your cube now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have a popper cube, uh, that I've been working on for a couple of years now. Uh, that's a 540 card popper cube. Uh, and it's, I'm about 17 ish cards or so off of being fully foiled. It's pretty sick. Of the, of the cards that can be foiled, obviously. Uh, they keep, you know, doing these things where they keep adding cards that can be foiled. Like, now we can have a foil Quimbach, um, uh, which is... Right, right. That, you know, so I'm going to probably pick one of those up, because I have an Italian one, actually, in the cube right now. Uh, so I'll probably pick that up at some point, get, a, get one of the extended full art um, foil ones, uh, because why not? <laughs> there's an extended so, full art foil of it yes Arana. yes and it's the seb mckinnon art so uh i'm unreasonably excited about that actually really? there so, there was yeah. a card that i saw spoiled today the black six cost monarch sorcery that seb mckinnon did the artwork for yes and it was beautiful yes uh my my big thing about the cube is i i try to go for i try to go for things that are like promo-ish in a sense or I try to go things that are uh, unique, in a sense. So like the full art, you know, foil stuff like that really appeals to me because I think it's unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got the I've got some of the like Eldraine, like the common Eldraine showcase adventure car- creatures or whatnot in the cube because I really like that showcase frame. That's that uh, storybook showcase frame. Uh, I've also got the cycle of common mutate creatures from Ikoria in the cube that are that had the alternate art showcased like the anime kind of like the comic book style art or whatnot and those look gorgeous in foil so I try to go with that I try, also have a lot of signed cards uh, and I only if it's something that can't be foiled I'll try to get it signed uh, if it's something that is foil I try to get it signed <laughs> because why not you know so I've got a lot of signed stuff in the cube as well. Um, I've got a, I actually have a um, foil signed ponder on the cube that I got done by uh, Dan Scott last year at SCGCon. Nice. Is that and, the fish uh, one or is that the M twenty one? The uh, the it, three balls it, one. The three balls, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But he did it with um, shadow signature, so it's like dark blue with black. So it looks really good. That's uh, awesome. like it's it's really pretty, and I'm like I'm gonna keep that in there forever, no matter what they release, because to me that's unique, and I got it done myself. Uh, 
I like I saw that they have they're reprinting Counterspell in this Commander Legend. It's got a full art extended, but I have a signed foil uh, Masters twenty five that I got done by Zach Stella. And Zach Stella's like signature is really clean. I like mm-hmm. it a lot, yeah. Yeah, his signature is really clean. And he did it in like a metallic blue. So it looks really cool. And I'm like, I'm never gonna replace this. Sweet. Especially since I don't think he's actually doing a whole lot of signatures right now. Hmm. Because he's like I guess he's like an art director now okay. at Wizards. I didn't know that. So yeah, he moved up into like a different position. So he was like last year at like SCGCon was like one of the last big events that he was going to so i was like well i better get stuff signed <laughs> interesting yeah you know i only had two cards in the cube by him but at the time so um i had like a, one of the red cards and counterspell and so i just got both of them signed and he signed the counterspell in metallic blue and he signed the red card in red sweet and it, i was like okay cool aesthetics <laughs> so uh i think what actually started me on this the, the quest of this was it's like not every day, you know, somebody sits down and says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to foil a popper cube. You know, who, who thinks that, you know? But uh, it was, I picked up in, just out of nowhere, it was uh, a foil changer's edict. Yep. That I, that I picked up off of a buddy at one of my locals, and he had gotten it in through the store, and... He was looking at this thing, and he goes, I don't really know what I want to do with this because it's signed. Uh, but not only is it signed, uh, someone, and I think we that someone was uh, Ben Thompson, the, the artist, um, up in the right-hand corner had drawn a little happy face in the right-hand corner of the card and wrote the words around it, have a nice day. <laughs> Yo, I've seen that before. Yeah, that's mine. And I was like, I want it. And I was like, I was like, I how much do you want for that? He gave me a number. I gave him, I gave him money for it, and that was that. And I was like, I just, I want this. And then I thought, man, I should do this with the rest of the cube. And then <laughs> the rest is history. Damn. <laughs> so, and now I'm like really close, and I'm just like, all right, yeah, I guess I should probably finish it at this point. Like, the beginning of this year, I was around forty something cards. Now I'm down to around seventeen ish. Uh, and I have a few expensive cards still to get, but like those cards are mainly like Preordain, which they're reprinting in Commander Legends, which I'm assuming that the full art foils are going to go down in price as soon as the set's released and people start opening product, they'll probably go down. I last I looked, they were like sixty or seventy. Yeah. That, that's gonna dr- that's gonna drop quite a bit. I would think if they so. go down if they go down to twenty, I'm gonna snap by one. Yeah, like absolutely, uh, and then like Yavimaya Elder. Because it only has one foil printing, and so it's like thirty something dollars gotcha. or something like that. Last time I looked, <laughs> but so, the rest of the cards are nothing like crazy. So, so this new set isn't the one with the old borders, right? No, that's Time Spiral Remastered that comes out next year. Okay, is that the springtime yeah. next year? Yes. Okay. I was kind of looking forward to that because I'm like, if they did like a full, like if they did like an old border foil like preordain or like an old car card that i had in the cube i might consider it yeah <laughs> just because of how cool that is like i picked up just recently a foil time shifted uh disintegrate yeah uh, for the cube and man i was impressed with how pretty that was yeah those so. the, the foil time shifted cards look great Mm-hmm. so i was like all right well you know if they do that especially since they're supposedly going to be shooting star foils 
from oh, everything shit. I hear. Yeah, I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll probably see what they do and go from there. So, damn, you know, but I'll be happy about it if they do print some pretty cool common cards. Yeah, well, know, I hope I get my... to see it before I leave Ohio, man. I hope, uh, I hope we can get a chance to draft at some point. Yeah, uh, hopefully. Uh, I don't know when you're leaving Ohio, so I don't either. <laughs> at at some point in the future, uh, we'll probably have like some form of team serious thing. Okay. Go on. So we'll make sure I'll make sure to let you know. Sweet. Like if you know if when the next like team serious thing that we actually can have in person is, because uh, a lot of the team serious folks are like all on board with this. You know, let's you know not try to like you know not get together, kind of thing. Let's do things online instead. Is Team you know, Serious like uh, like uh, Kevin Crone? No, that's so many insane plays. Although Kevin is in our group because it's Kevin. Okay. Uh, but uh, you have, you, the Serious Vintage podcast uh, with uh, Nat and Jeff Mose. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah, that's that's Team Serious. Yeah. Gotcha. So I knew yeah. I knew who it was, but I couldn't place exactly who it was. So those guys those guys have all been incredibly good to me, uh, and we we put routinely i put people into good good graces of things uh in terms of like tournaments and stuff yeah so um we actually broke the team serious curse uh rather recently uh of always getting second place uh because my buddy david lance uh static ripped ended up being the winner of the, the mistress workshop eternal weekend oh sweet <laughs> just by virtue of his uh his opponent being disqualification yeah <laughs> that's so, awesome so he ended up with the painting uh, but he is he is full on team serious and uh, so yeah he lives in Columbus area, Rock and roll. so so yeah a lot of the guys like it's we're very much based out of this Ohio area, uh, like Nat lives in Columbus and um like a couple of their other people uh, Nam is up there in Cleveland oh really uh, actually yeah Namtron I didn't yeah, know that he, that's the Landstill yeah, he, guy. No, Nam is, uh, he was a Eternal Weekend 2017, I want to say, 2017 finalist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was the second place player. He played Shops. Okay. Yeah, Eternal Weekend 2017. Sweet. So, yeah, yeah, good guy. Yeah, Nam's great. Like, just great people all around in that whole group, so. Uh, uh, yeah. So I was looking at this week in Legacy last week, and I'm not sure honestly if we missed these cards when we did our spoiler, or if I missed them. Like I, I didn't if they weren't out yet, or if I just hadn't considered them playable. But I was looking through your your most recent article over the weekend, and there were a few cards that you picked that we didn't talk about at all. So you want to talk about these? Yeah, we could talk about these cards. Yeah, sure. All right. The the first one I want to talk about is Hull Breacher, actually. <laughs> because you pointed out oh, that this man. is a cycle, and I didn't know this. And, and, it, and it ended up not being a cycle. Right, but it's a, yeah. it's a what do you call it? Like a semi-cycle. Like semi semi-cycle, yeah. yeah. They, the, the cycle is literally just this card and Opposition Agent. Yeah, so it's a 3-2 yeah. flash for two and a blue. And if an opponent would draw a card except the first one they draw in their draw step, instead you create a treasure token. Like this card's dumb. <laughs> I don't know who asked for these cards, but it wasn't like legacy players or vintage players. No. Like honest honest to God. Like it's so incredibly absurd that this card exists. It it uh, is, fact, isn't it? 
Yeah. The fact that this thing costs two in a blue, uh, it just makes Ancient Tomb so much better. Yeah, true. <laughs> and honestly, like, it's going to be like the Carnico yeah. decks. Yeah. Well, that's the problem, right? So now imagine gotta... casting Echo of Eons, and instead of your opponent drawing one card, they draw zero cards, and then you make seven mana. Yeah. It's like you have such a critical, uh, like a critical mass of these effects now because there's Narset. You know, first mm-hmm. we had Leovold, then we, then we had Nars, or first we had Notion Thief actually, then mm-hmm. Leovold, then Narset, now Hall Breacher. You you can play so many of these effects now that the Echo yeah. deck is just going to be. It just seems like it's going to be so disgustingly consistent with this card. Yeah, and when you just like, I was like, oh, I have an Urza in a play, and I already did, and I did this. Cool. I don't even have to sack these treasure tokens. True. Like I can just use them as mock sapphires. They have to tap to sack, like, though, right? So you can't double. Uh, them. they can. Yeah, they have to tap to sack. Right. Yes. Yeah. So you can't like tap them with Urza and then sack them. Yeah. But I mean, if you're tapping them with Urza, you're just winning. <laughs> so if you had to give, if you had to give opposition agent and this card a rating, which one would be higher? Uh, I think this card goes in exactly like very few strategies. Yeah, I think that's the thing about like this card. Like it wants to go in ancient tomb decks, right? Uh, where you know you're cheating on mana to get it out. Um, I could also see it like in Esper Vile, right? Just because right. it gives Esper Vile a Leovold like hate bear, exactly. And that's not bad, and it can be found with Recruiter of the Guard. So, like, giving that deck a Notion Thief effect, basically, seems kind of fine. Uh, yeah, because they opposition... can't Spirit of the Lab. They're drawing too many cards. Right, yeah. Opposition Agent, on the other hand, goes in a lot of varying decks, I think. Right. Like, there's still an Ancient Tomb deck for that card. Let's be real. There's still an Ancient Tomb It costs the same mana cost, basically. Mm-hmm. Two and a color. It's perfect for setup for Ancient Tomb Land or Ancient Tomb Lotus Petal type decks that want to cast that card super early to put it in play and make your opponent have have to deal with it. Right. Uh, again, maybe Esper Vile, uh, just simply because, sure. again, it could be searched with Recruiter of the Guard. Uh, and honestly, this card is like... What I... what what The, the thing about this card is, is like it answers so many of like these decks' problem matchups. Like... People were like, ah, you won't play this in Snow. I'm like, no, Snow plays like all the best cards. Yeah. This is a this is like a best card. You'll see a copy of this on a Snow list for sure. Because what's one of the decks that Snow gets kind of like dumpstered on by? Doomsday. Um, elves. Elves really you know beats up on the Snow decks. Yeah, that's what I was oh, thinking about was Elves. What if your opponent suddenly can't natural order? Like, what if you just, like, file, you know, yeah. flash this in? Yeah, or Zenith. Yeah, what if you flash this in in response to Zenith or in response to Natural Order? And they go, oh, uh, 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 wow. I can't do anything about this card. Like, they may not have been running their Abrupt Decays because it's Snow. What are you going to, you're going to run your Abrupt Decay against Oko, but Oko's kind of not good against Elves. Right. Like... <laughs> No, it isn't. Like, you're not going to bring in Abrupt Decay to deal with Oko. You don't care about Oko. You're just going to combo him and kill them. So, but Doomsday. Like, Doomsday. This this card just dumpsters all over Doomsday. Just kills the fuck out of them. They can't do anything about this card if they don't have removal for it. That's a great point. This thing resolves. They lose the game. (laughs) They don't even get to, like, come back. They lose the game. Because you will search for five cards and exile them. 
Damn. <laughs> and then it will just be dead. <laughs> they will have no library. They, unless the only the only way that they can get out of that is if they already had in hand a copy of Thassa's Oracle and can immediately cast Thassa's Oracle. Right. With Cavern of Souls, maybe. Like, they'd have to do it with Cavern of Souls, because guaranteed the deck that's going to play this is going to have counter magic backup to yeah. protect this opposition agent or whatnot. So, yeah, I it it boggles my mind that these cards exist, honestly. Uh, and I, I think these cards are also, like, bad for the format they were designed for. Like, they were designed for Commander. I think they're honestly bad for that <laughs> format, too. <laughs> like, who wanted these things? Yeah, like, they, nobody, they do nobody seem really weird them. for Commander, right? Like, my buddy was like, man, you know, anybody who sees a, the card Marilyn of the Morn Song sitting across the table is going to be guaranteed that they're going to have, some at some point during the evening of playing those decks, they're going to have a turn one Dark Ritual Opposition Agent Jeweled Lotus uh, Marilyn play, and nobody's going to get to play the game. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's, it's he's like, this card is just a griefer card. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I see that. Uh, I think the thing about this, like, people are like, oh, well, you can Dark Ritual this into play in Legacy. I'm like, I think that's not not as good. Like, I think that's, I think you're cheat if you're cheating on mana, you want to cheat more consistently with, like, Ancient Tomb decks, because that way you have other things to do. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. Uh, besides, you know, that, like, you can play Karn. You know, you can play, you know, the big stupid, you know, enchantments and stuff. Like, this probably maybe goes into that Curse Stumpy deck. Right. That's been seeing a lot of play, uh, you know, Reaple Cheap, uh, that deck. Yep. And I'm like, it seems like a lot more consistent that deck because that deck has other things it can do to win the game, and it's just not relying on this. Right. Like, because a lot of times, like, you could do this on turn one, and your opponent's going to go Snow-Covered Island Astrolabe. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to feel real silly about your life when they go Plow It. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, okay, cool. You know, whereas, you know, the Ancient Tomb deck can go turn one Chalice on one, turn two Opposition Agent. Right. You know, and that's a little bit more consistent. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I just, I, I hate these cards. I wish, I mean, I'm going to play Karn Echo when, you know, more probably when this set actually drops on Magic Online because I want to try Home Breacher out. Yeah, the cynic um, in me thinks that these two cards were inserted into the set to make sure it's sold because... They're rare. They're not mythic. They're rare. Yeah. And the thing about a commander set is everybody only needs like one copy of the cards, right? So even though there right. are more mythics in the set than a normal set, most people are only going to be trying to get one of, of a lot of the new cards. So if yeah. you put a rare in there like Hull Breacher and Opposition Agent, there are going to be legacy players that need four of them. But then w yeah. wouldn't they oh, be yeah. making more money if they put it at, uh, at mythic anyway? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Goldfish says the current price for Hull Breacher is forty one dollars. Yeah, Hull Breacher is forty one. That's what it says. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, Opposition Agent is thirty six. I feel like that should be flipped. Like I feel like Opposition Agent, at least to me, seems like the more, the more desirable one. At least, at least for me. Yeah, I think I think it's just because like wheel effects exist. Okay. Uh, and I think that's like the biggest thing for Hull Breacher is wheel effects are not only exist but are also reasonably castable, especially in Legacy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Echo of Eons is so easily castable because of Lion's Eye Diamond. Right. Uh, now I also think that Hull Breacher, uh, both of these cards are also gonna probably end up seeing play in Vintage, for sure. 
Oh yeah, yeah like, oh, abs- Hull Breacher, absolutely. I don't look, know about Opposition Agent. I, as I think much, but... I think I think Hull Breacher is great because it gives, well, not great, but you know what I mean. Like it's probably good for like decks like uh, Jeskai and decks like Rug. Yes. To have a Notion Thief Leovold type Leovold. effect. Yeah. But not have to splash for it. Exactly. Like Bug Bug already has Leovold. It doesn't need to right. splash for this card. It doesn't need that card. But they can have that kind of effect now. It's almost like they're giving all their colors effects that color things that Bug has had for a while right. and Black decks have had for a while because like you had Yogmoth's Will, you know, and now you've got Underworld Breach and you've got decks like Jeskai and stuff that can just run a Miser's copy of Underworld Breach and they've suddenly got a Yogmoth's Will effect for their deck and they didn't have to splash for it. Uh, yeah, it's it's, so, it's gross. Yeah, so it's like okay, but I, I still don't know. I, I I don't I still don't know who asked for these cards. I just I think they're stupid. I I, I just I wish they didn't exist, but then we wouldn't have anything to talk about. I guess they're definitely <laughs> so, not going to be fun to play against. Oh uh, no, no way, shape, or form. No, I don't think any of like the the good courts are also going to be. I think the good courts are also going to be in that same vein where when they resolve and you know that you have no way of dealing with it, you're just going to feel miserable. Yeah, right. so you want to talk about the the red court was finally spoiled. It's three red red, so it's a five mana. Yeah, the other ones are three or four, and it does two damage during the upkeep if it's if you're not the monarch, and seven if you are the monarch. But the the casting cost, I just don't see it being relevant. I I think cost. I think this is the weakest of the cycle, and as far as legacy is concerned. Yeah, uh, for some, sure. Somebody was t- people were talking about like, oh, is this maybe a new toy for like Monored Prison? And honestly, like this competes a lot with like things like Chandra Torture Defiance competes with uh, Chandra Awakened Inferno. No, Chandra Six, whatever yeah. that's called. Awakened Inferno. That card is yep. disgusting. Yep, it competes with those cards that are the cards you wanna you wanna bolster behind and, and snaring bridge and just kind of kill them slowly with. Yeah. And the games that you have to do that. The problem with this card is those games where you want to do that. Those are they're likely playing cards like Ice Fang Waddle, and this draws you a card at end, every end step. Right. And so it makes your ensnaring bridge effect just so much weaker. Yeah. You, know, you imagine casting this uh, on an empty board with uh, with an ensnaring bridge, drawing a card, and then your opponent flashes in a, uh, you know, ice fang waddle, and then you're like, oh, and I'm like, and then you start thinking about it, and you're like, I'm never going to take the monarch back ever. Right. Like they're just gonna keep drawing cards, and that just that makes me feel like, eh, okay. So and all, and all to be fair, all these cards have that scenario where, oh, you know, I might have to deal with the fact that I might not have the monarch, you know. Yeah, they're but, all really bad cards when you're behind, right? Yes, yeah. When you're behind, they're really bad. But when you're ahead, all like the the white and the blue one are really absurd. Like, exactly. When you're ahead, yeah. and like the blue one is like absolutely going to be miserable if you just know you have no way of answering it. Like, if you're like, oh, well, I don't have a removal spell for this. I don't have a creature to swing in and take the Monarch back. I guess I'm going to lose 10 cards out of my library next turn. You definitely have to answer it really quickly. You have to answer it that it's... turn. But either yeah. by destroying it or by taking the Monarch. Right. Uh, and now, granted, the white one is great for, like, if you get the Monarch taken because it gives you a an evasive creature that could take it back. Right. You know, you still get a 1-1 one, one flyer out of it, you know. And uh, I was talking about Moat <laughs> in the article, and lo and behold, Marcus plays Moat this weekend in the Lotus Box event. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's, I was like, all right, well, cool. Like, Mark is out there, you know, preaching the word of moat, you know, and I was like, that's that's sweet. Like, so, but I could see that, like, the, those cards being played in conjunction with cards like moat. Like, things that stonewall your opponent, you know, and, you know, and you're playing standstill and crap like that, you know, that, you know, just gives your opponent the ability to not be able to, like, get in and take the monarch away. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So it, it's just super good. Like, and then you're gonna play like rest in peace with the with the blue court and be like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, sweet, gross. you know. And you'll have bant colors too. Why not? So you can just like mill yourself and cast your uro. Or uh, I think it was Bob Huang was talking about you know going turn one noble hierarch, turn two court of cunning, <laughs> turn th- yeah. turn three uro. Because <laughs> why not? Yeah, because you can uh, mill both people. Mm-hmm. It's not like one or the other. Not like you have to choose. Yep, so. yep. So that's where I think that card gets really good. Also, I just really want to see Jerry tear up his underground seat, so I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I have that screenshot, and he claimed he would tear up his underground seat Never if this card saw play. Nope, I know it won't, but we're, we're going to put it on him. But uh, I, I think like that was pretty good. I think the green court's interesting. Uh, my problem with the green court is that a lot of the decks that want to play it, uh, if they get the monarch taken away, they're like unlikely to ever get it back. Right. Uh, like the Gla- the Claude post decks, they play a lot of mana, uh, right. and it's like the non-monarch option of that just putting a land into play is not so great unless you're like dropping into play like a tabernacle or something like that. And I don't know. It just doesn't. Speaking se- of the Cloud post decks, what do you think about that? Like, it's like six green, green, green. Uh, nine mana total, I think. Uh, Quad sorcery. It, no, it no. lets you get ten. Oh, that card. Uh, I don't think it's legacy playable, but I think it's certainly fun in EDH. Okay. Yeah. See, I thought maybe you, of, of all people, might find a way to claim that was legacy playable. Like, I, you know, some sort of primeval, Valakit, Field of the Dead sort of thing going on. I think you're just better off just casting primeval titan. Yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> like... I think Primeval Titan is just like vastly underrated as a card right now, honestly, in the format. Like it's so good and so the decks good. to play it. So I mean the Titan Stompy deck is just absolutely absurd. And Cloud Post decks. Cloud Post decks are doing really well right now. Like the mono green and the cl- colorless cloud post decks yeah. are doing great. And honestly, I'm owing the green ones based on the fact that Allosaurus Shepherd exists. Uh yeah. because like Oh yeah, this card sees play in elves, but oh wait, it makes all green spells uncounterable. Cool, that makes crop rotation uncounterable. Oh, <laughs> so like it's, I actually haven't seen that yet. Yeah, they've been playing like a a one of copy of Alistar Shepherd in literally every uh, green cloud post list that's come come about because it makes once upon a time uncounterable. It makes right. green sun scene as uncounterable. It makes crop rotation uncounterable. Uh, and it makes all your mana, your mana accelerants like Primeval Titan and you know those cards, uh, Elvish Reclaimer, etc., etc., etc. Everything that that deck runs, it's green. It's all uncounterable. So, and luckily, I haven't run into that. Because... Not not having your your crop rotation countered is very good. You know. Yeah. So I bet. yeah. So I, I I've seen that a lot, and it's frightening. <laughs> So there are two other red cards that you put on your list that we didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. The first one, Dargo the Shipwrecker. I just thought it looked fun. 
Okay. Yeah. It's a seven five trample for six and a red, and it costs two less to cast if you sacrifice an artifact when you cast it, and also if you have sacrificed an artifact already this turn. Yeah. So you could go so, like bobble bobble, sack sack. Bobble. Yeah. You know you could just go bobble bobble, uh, artifact land. Yeah. And go sack the both the bobbles to activate them, and then pay red and sack the artifact land, and cast them for one mana. Yeah, it's got a very Hogaki feel, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, and that's what I—that's th- what drew me to it. I was like, okay, Hogak is a card. Somebody's gonna play around with this, I'm sure. Like, because all these cards are also like really like all the bobbles and stuff are also really good. Like, yeah. these are all really good cards. Like that you can play. You can play Painter. You know, a Painter with a backdoor seven five Trampler. Well, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Was if this, if this was gonna be like a sideboard strategy for like Ruby Painter that right. sort of thing where. You're, you're just, playing these baubles and stuff. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, randomly, here's a here's a one mana seven five with trample. Do you have removal? No, cool. <laughs> Get there. Right. You know, turn it's sideways. It's not getting fatal pushed. No, know what I mean? no, it definitely is not. You know, it's legendary, so there's a problem with Caracas and stuff. But honestly, like oh, the decks, the decks that are they're not going to have removal against you. There, if right. you're and especially if you're on one of these, you know, like you said, the combo deck like Ruby. Or something like that. Right. You know, they're not going to have that removal, you know, for, you know, a creature. They're going to be like, oh, I got to have Flusterstorm and I got to be able to counter non creature spells and blah, blah. Right. And you're just like, 7 5 Trampler, go. And they're like, yeah. oh. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think it's a cool backdoor combo thing, you know, thing. So, I, I think it's neat. I just, I also just really thought it looked cool like this is like wow this is like all one mana seven five that's cool yeah like well the other card the other card crark i actually feel i i i don't know if i saw this card or not but i wouldn't have looked twice at it it's one in a red for a two two crark legendary creature but when you cast an instant or sorcery you flip a coin and if you win the flip you copy that spell so it's like yes. a fork and if you lose the flip the spell goes back to your hand yes but you point I, out I didn't article. look at this until Peter Vanderham started talking about it on Twitter okay that's, that's yeah. what it was PVDH. yeah it was P, it was PVDH and and he was talking about it and he was talking about it on Reddit as well and I he started pointing out some things about the card and I was just like huh that's kind of cool like yeah if you you know, you have a 50-50 on average, you know, to just, you know, whiff. But if you whiff, it's not like these other other cards where, like, the the downside is bad. Like, it just goes back to your hand. Like, right, and oh, if it's Dreadhorde Arcanist flashback, yes. it goes back to your hand from the graveyard. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. I never considered that at all. And even then, if you win the flip, you get to copy it. That's even more better. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you could also, like, you know, if you lose the flip... You know, if you have the mana to just cast the spell again that turn, you know, that's that's cool. So, um, but, like, there's also, obviously, like, your problem cards in that scenario are that you can't play a deck that wants to play pitch counter magic. Like, you can't play Force of Will. You can't play Force of Negation. You can't play Days with these cards. Oh, card. Jesus. Because getting your Force uh, of Will returned to your hand <laughs> doesn't feel good. <laughs> but if there's, a, if there's an Arcanist build for it, it's you know, a deck that's playing a ton of cantrips and a deck that's right. playing a ton of lightning bolts. You're playing probably playing four lightning bolt and four four chain lightning and you know, you're just cantripping and, you know, throwing bolts at your opponent's face and flipping them with Dreadhorde Arcanist. 
Yeah. Tom, what do you think about this card? So I think that, like, obviously the average ability of it being able to go off, like, it basically doubles your spells if you have enough mana to. Um, yeah, it's like a 1.5 multiplier at least, right? Yeah, but, I mean, the um, the interactions with Arcanist, and I actually didn't think about the interactions with Days Enforceable, because I, when I originally read this card, I was like, wow, like, you could put some sort of, like, red-blue shell together with this, and it seems like it just makes all of your ponders fire, and mm-hmm. it increases, like, it increases what you can do with your Brainstorm. But then I was thinking about what, like, what type of cards you would cut in that red-blue shell to put it in, and whether or not, whether or not it's too cute, or, um, or things like that. Because, like, it does compete in the two-drop spot. It does make your, like, really tuned tempo deck sometimes fizzle out like you really want to resolve a ponder and you lose three flips in a row you're like that sucks yeah Um, but obviously there's potential there yeah i think like it would be cool to see uh a variant that's like you're playing like four main deck pyroblast or something like that like as your like counter magic in a sense Mm -hmm. like a dac deck you mean Dak, baby, uh, you're gonna play like cards like Spell Pierce and Flusterstorm, where you don't feel so bad about the card getting put back in your hand, and especially right. Flusterstorm. Cool, counter my my original Flusterstorm. That oh, sounds yeah. that, or you know, put put my original Flusterstorm back in my hand. Yeah, that seems fine. That seems <laughs> really good. Yeah, like oh, you have enough mana to pay, not cast it again. <laughs> like, that's so cool i didn't think about yeah. that interaction either yeah so i oh, mr niv magus didn't think about it i was just, i was saying i did, i immediately <laughs> went to niv magus elemental and i was oh, like God, yeah yeah, yeah that, oh, that Jesus, is a card you yeah eat, you can eat copies and you can copy <laughs> yeah so yeah i think it's i think it's a neat card again you know the downside is obviously you know the fact that it's a 2-2 and it's legendary but like that never stopped people from playing like two toughness never stopped people from playing Delver secrets. So, right. you know, removal on things is not as, you know, potent as, you know, as it used to be. So, uh, true. You know, if you stick this thing and it sticks <laughs> cool, like you're, you're in a good place probably. So mm-hmm. it does but. seem, it seems like I'm going to see it. It seems like someone's going to cast against me for sure. I, 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 don't, I don't actually sure. see a spot for it, but, I'm sure Peter will probably play around with it when it comes out too, and so it seems to be the kind of thing that he's into. True, you know he likes he loves trying new cards, uh, yeah, for sure. So I'm sure that he will definitely fire up a league with this at some point. So, but uh, there so was, what's wasn't... your overall feeling though about this set? I I don't know. It feels like there's a lot of like. Like there, there's two, there's two things that separate me for the set. So there's the person that me that loves the flavor of things, because I am a big Vorthos. Okay. Uh, but then there's the person that player that, uh, well, that's like the legacy vintage player, because I don't really play a lot of commander. But even like looking at it from a commander, like there's some cool stuff. There's some things that maybe just like pushed a little too far. Okay. Uh, I think this is. I think it's very apt to describe this set as uh, Commander's version of Modern Horizons. Yes, uh, that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, it's definitely Modern Horizons for Commander. The The format will not be the same after the set releases. Uh, and whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing remains to be seen. Uh, but 
the but from the like the lore perspective and the flavor perspective, spot on. Like everything about the set is dripping with flavor. Yeah, um, I don't know much about Commander, but I, that's the feeling that I had exactly that it was Modern Horizons for Commander because yeah. it, it's very self-referential too. Yeah, like a, a lot of cards say this can be your Commander. This if you have a Commander, do this or Commander do that, right? Yeah, like not, not if you have a legendary creature. It's if you have a Commander. There's yeah. it's all over all the cards. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's just it. Like I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what it does to the format, but. Uh, there's some things for other formats too, and I think that's fine. But I think my biggest thing that I like about the format is li- literally the flavor part of it. Uh, they they went back and put so many characters on cards that oh, really? that that didn't have cards before. Uh, okay. You know, and that's I think what I that's what I like about because I'm a big fan of like a lot of the older lore, like the Weatherlight Saga is probably my favorite thing. Yeah. And they still continually find characters that were from that saga that doesn't didn't have a card yet, which is that's very Ohio. Doesn't what's that? Doesn't is that that's like very Ohio? I think. Oh, like oh, I said didn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I heard like, doesn't. Oh no, but uh, like like they keep finding these cards, these characters that are like oh yeah, we we didn't do a card for this character yet. In how many years? Like it's it's weird to consider that this card this character doesn't have a card, but you know now all of a sudden now the character has a card. Like, uh, like they put in uh, Belby from the Nemesis uh, set. You know okay. she was she was in the Nemesis you know in the um, Mercadian Mass Nemesis prophecy block. Uh, she was in that set and and but she wasn't at, but she didn't have a card. She was just in the story, and it's like oh she's got a card now huh, cool, like, that's kind of neat, like, so, and a lot of, like, old school, like, really obscure, like, flavor throwbacks, uh, things yeah. like, things like Hans Ericsson, uh, yes, Jared, that's the one, that, that's the yeah. only one that I'd seen, yeah, uh, Jared Carthalian, uh, is another okay. one that is, like, a super, super obscure, uh, is that from Legends? It, it isn't, uh, but his, the card all over, like, the Ice Age and like Fallen Empires, mostly okay. the Fallen Empires, like all over like a lot of those uh, flavor text are references to the Carthalians and their family. But Jared himself appeared in a run of com- comic books that were printed by Armada Comics uh, back in the day uh. that they did. And so it's a really super obscure reference, but it's cool that they did it. You know, they gave Larry Niven a card. You know, yeah. you, you know, Nevin Ralph finally has a card, which is kind of cool. Tormod finally has a card. You know, those kind of characters that we've known for a long time that have been like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm Nevin Ralph. That's Nevin Ralph's disc. That's the commonly played card in, like, EDH and stuff like that. And people know that card. And now, that, like, all of a sudden, you know, he has a card. Uh, you know, Tormod, you know, people play Tormod scripts in a lot of formats. Now Tormod has a card, so... Uh, it was nice to see like Jessica and like Kamal, uh, the Odyssey block and Onslaught block were were very big for me as well, from a lore perspective. Gotcha. And uh, so seeing Kamal back and seeing Jessica, uh, and those characters and stuff, and and they, and I have to give the like the obvious shout out to like they gave they actually gave cards to some of the characters from the Exelon storyline that were actually a lot of fun, which was uh, uh, Vraska's crew, uh, Breaches and uh, Malcolm. 
Yes, the yeah, pirates. The pirates, yeah. And I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, but also, like, the big one for me in this set was uh, getting to see uh, Tevish Sot on a card. The other planeswalker, the black planeswalker. Yeah, that's an Ice Age reference right there. Many of Tevish Sot. Uh, Fall- Fallen Empires, too. So Really? Yeah, his start story started in Fallen Empires. Um, oh, shit. So, but he's also, it's also a cool flavor, flavor, you know, jump because he's the, if you want to be real technical about it, if we're counting Urza from the unstable set, whatnot, uh, then he's the fourth one that's been printed of the nine Titans, which is the, the nine planeswalkers that fought Phyrexia in the invasion block. Uh, so okay. we're missing like five of them still, unless you count Urza and then we're missing six, but we had Freylise already from one of the commander sets and we had uh Lord Wingrace from one of the commander sets. So now we got Tevish Sot who was also one of the nine Titans. Huh. Uh, uh, so it's cool. I, I I'm excited to wait. Like, can we get the rest of them? Like, come on guys, like, let's, let's get there. But I know that these commander sets are where they try to print these kind of things. So I'm kind of looking forward to it in the future. So, gotcha. but, uh, I, or, you know, next year we're getting cough, cough, Mar- modern horizons too. <laughs> that they'll probably do some stuff there too with that you know they like they used modern horizons as a way to print some old characters as well true so like urza and yogmoth whatnot so i don't know it's it's cool you sure ren and six wasn't one of the titans oh god uh no definitely not so definitely not and even then tevish thought it felt like it didn't really uh didn't really measure up well as one of the no. things. He he got he got jacked by Urza and or uh, yeah well first of all he killed a couple other other ones of them first because you know evil you know yeah. <laughs> you know he's evil so it's like they were like well why did you bring this evil guy onto our team like you knew he was gonna betray us he was like yeah it gave me a morally you know free way of you know being able to deal with him if he did something. Like it gave me a moral reason to do it to 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 kill him if <laughs> instead of just killing him and being a murderer, okay, <laughs> you know, because Urza, that's the way Urza Urza thinks, you know, the absolute monster that is Urza. I always think of uh, Elon Musk when someone says Urza. Oh God, that's about right. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah, yeah. Somebody was asking about him on one on one of the, uh, in the article that I did, and it was just like. Yeah, Urza's, like, this, like, absolute monster who just, like, did things his own way, didn't care about the repercussions for anybody, uh, and just, he, he did it. He, if he wanted to do it, he did it. He didn't care if people died or, you know, somebody got hurt or, <laughs> you know, he did it even to his best friend. So, uh, it's like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, a bad dude, but, you know. But uh, I, I well, don't know. That's interesting, man. Now we got the Vorthos update from uh, from our, our resident Vorthos. <laughs> I just like I'm just a big fan of the lore, honestly. So I'm really looking forward uh, to next year with the the D and D set. Honestly. What about Strixhaven, bro? Tom is pumped about Strixhaven. Well, uh, I I think the flavor is going to be great because yeah. I'm a big Harry Potter fan, and I had to explain <laughs> that to Ian. Like, um, like the, I think Jason had to explain the rules of commander to him. I think you also got a, a hint of that in this set too, because there's a cycle of familiars. Okay. In this set, and it seems to be that that's kind of like the Strixhaven theme. Nice. So there's um, 
where was the one I saw? It was. They did kind of look like cards that were left off Strixhaven, right? Yeah, like there was like Keleth, Sunmane, Familiar, and uh, there like there was like there was a whole bunch like each color had a familiar. Yeah. And so uh, it feels like that's kind of Strixhaven the, you know, esque themed. So I definitely remember that from looking at the set review. Or the, yeah. Uh, spoiler. Yeah. Honestly, I'm just looking forward to. Uh, Faerun. I'm working. Well, I'm looking forward to the D and D set <laughs> more than anything. So, what do you think the draft format for this commander set is going to be like? You think it'll be fun, or do you think it'll it'll get old quick? Uh, I don't know. I think it might be fun. Like it might. Be I'm interested to see. I, I really because yeah. it's like six. It you end up with like sixty card decks. It could be great, but I I, I don't have extremely high expectations for it just i mean almost. that's all that's like what they tested it for right like yeah, they yeah. Ev- even though we give them a ton of criticism for like their card design for constructed formats they like they've been doing a pretty good job with limited formats right right yeah so oh yeah yeah well absolutely little... yeah and that's why i'm saying it could be great but they were also forced to to do this right they, they said like make this fun to draft but you have to make it a commander set so it might just be that commander and draft are you know oil and water right yeah i, I don't that, know i, I do it, trust them a lot like tom said to to do the draft format well but you know it might be a, a herculean effort i don't know the fact that it's like a 60 card deck format is interesting for sure right yeah so i've lo- i've looked at a little bit about how the draft format works and it seems like it's neat so. yeah i'm looking forward to trying it i mean i'm, I'm certainly going to be doing it a lot online i have play points to burn so mm-hmm and the cards might be worth quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Entry. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, I'll be able to rent or so uh, yeah. when events start going on. Save your treasure chests until these cards end up in there. Yeah. Yeah. You we, know the prices are going to spike like crazy on that Wednesday. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It'll remind me of Icoria release weekend when I was trying to find companions. <laughs> but i managed to find all four of my garudas that day yeah so, i do recall yeah that was great that's how i learned about those those crazy cards the the special named godzilla cards from that experience yeah 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 so you know it's funny i actually bought a playset of the the gigan the garuda alternate art the the godzilla one in paper uh, yeah, in paper, yeah. I bought them off of Hararia, like, that month that, that it came out. Yeah. Uh, well, that was your deck. You kind of had to. And I so I bought a playset of Japanese ones, uh, and they were a really good price. It was, like, five bucks a piece. Wow. Uh, and it took two months for them to get, get to me. <laughs> and by the time they got to me, the deck was unplayable. I bet. <laughs> because in that time, they had made the companion rule change, and it completely changed the dynamic of that deck and That's so so now they're just they're just collection pieces honestly so uh Rip. i just keep, i keep them for my collection I, i'm not upset about it i understood why it took two months for them to get to me it wasn't yep. you know hararia's fault it was international japanese to usa mail yeah uh in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> So I'm not like upset about that or anything, but yeah, I heard hundreds like, of horror stories from that period. Yeah, yeah, very similar to this one. Yeah, it took it took literally, and then like it was like two months later, and all of a sudden it just started moving out of nowhere. 
And then a couple days later, they were in my mailbox. Nice. So it's just like, all right, cool. Like, at least I have them and I didn't have to get like a refund or anything like that. But, and I didn't really care that, you know, I, I wanted them anyways. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm a big Godzilla fan and I just, I really just wanted them to have as my, as part of my collection because that, I think that character's cool. So, sweet. Um, well, but, good for you, bro. Yeah. So, your articles come out, it used to be Monday, right? But now it's Tuesday. They used to come out on Wednesday overnight. Oh, Wednesday. So, so they used to be, right, the, right, the way they right. were scheduling articles before was it would happen on the day that they would schedule would happen that midnight. So it used to be midnight going into Tuesday into Wednesday would be when the article would publish. Now they're publishing articles on at noon instead. Mm-hmm. So now it's Tuesday at noon and Thursday at noon for the vintage article. Gotcha. So... Yeah. Sweet. So yeah, that's this week in Legacy on MTG Goldfish. Everybody should check it out. It's pretty much required reading at this point. A lot of what <laughs> you're doing, a lot of what you're doing is is a better version of what we're doing at the at the like end of our regular shows, which is you know going over some crazy decks that have shown up that week. You know the challenge results, the the meta at large, that sort of breakdown of, of the format, right? Like the statistical and and uh, you know you get the visuals in the articles. They, like the nice right. MTG goldfish visuals. So if, if somehow there's somebody listening to this cast that doesn't check that out, I would highly recommend it. We can talk about some of those lists. If you want to talk about some of those lists though. I yeah. Don't I don't know. I don't Tom, care. what do you think? I, yeah, we can do it. Let's do it. We've been care. trying to, we've been trying to cap our episodes short. So okay. that's why I was yeah, that's fine to. too. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. I don't, well, I don't really... let's talk. Let, let's, let's split the difference. So, in the regular challenge, so in the in the showcase challenge this week, there was uh, it was won by Lampalot with elves with quote unquote white faces elves. So congrats. That was technically Testacular's elves. Oh, there we go. Because <laughs> because Callum got that list from Testacular. I thought it was weird that someone was giving Callum credit for an elves deck, but uh, you know. Yeah, because because Callum's been playing that deck a lot lately. Gotcha. Uh, and he got the list from Testacular, who's been like grinding like elves pretty hard so gotcha uh, i honestly honestly for me the biggest thing about the showcase challenge this weekend was getting to see daniel noons uh kill it up to top four with slivers yeah for sure and our our boy alex mckinley too with tess in the top eight yep 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 i do like seeing alex or whatever his his name is yep yep that was good to see too but yeah but seeing slivers up there i was just like ah yeah yeah (laughs) because daniel is like the most like consistent tribal player on the entire magic online no doubt and he consistently five o's with that deck like literally every week there's a five o from daniel with slivers yep it's if there isn't you wonder what's wrong with him <laughs> because he's that good at the deck and yep. uh so it's cool to see that kind of work and that kind of persistence at playing that deck pay off for sure because i don't think there's anybody else that really plays the deck no, that, not that I've seen. Yeah, and if there are, you know, they don't get posted, which right. is weird. But honestly, I think it's just because he's the only one who plays it, like, and consistently plays it in competitive leagues and five O's with it consistently. Yeah. So, so I, I think that's cool. Uh, it was nice seeing lands. Yeah, lands showed up. There were five rug delvers and four elves in the top sixteen. So yeah. that was, you know, a lot of chalk and a lot of the decks that we saw coming out of Eternal Weekends. Yeah. From the final Eternal Weekend, just basically picked up there. 
And there was one deck, though, from the regular challenge this week, the 25th place uh, Didak- Didakith, I guess is how you would say it. Yeah, something but it like was, that. It was Nightless Maverick. It was a Maverick deck with four Elvish Reclaimers and no Knight of the Reliquaries, but it was hmm. just Maverick, you know? That's interesting. I didn't see that one. Yeah. I, so I did. Was... Actually, I probably did, but in the middle of doing my you know, analysis and stuff, I was probably yeah. not paying attention directly to that fact. So, I don't have the link here, but I'm pretty sure it was four Dryads of the Ellison Grove, three Giver of Runes, two Ramanop Excavators, one Tireless Tracker, obviously the Green Sun Zeniths and the Source of Plowshares and the Once Upon a Times, and then four Elvish Reclaimers as opposed to you know any night of the reliquaries and one night of autumn that's what you it said was. you said it was in the 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 sunday challenge or the the showcase challenge or the regular not the showcase challenge, challenge the, the, sa- the regular challenge the saturday challenge yeah let me see here 25th oh yeah yeah okay i see here i think i saw this yeah it actually looks yeah it's like a green white lands like yeah dryad deck basically yeah, you know, but it, no, it is basically just a dryad deck, right? Yeah, but no, um, no chalice or anything that you would normally see out of the uh, uh, Titan Stompy style decks. No, it's definitely Maverick, right? I mean, yeah, it, it's... yeah. I put the link in the show notes to the list directly. Sweet, there so, you go. But yeah, somebody here is a professional. It's interesting, yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. I did see a version of Titan Stompy this weekend that was. Uh, white green as well because they were playing Ooh. a copy of that card from uh, was it Icoria? Uh, I- Yasharn? Uh, no, it was from Zendikar Rising. It was uh, Yasharn and Plakable Earth. Uh, oh, the, the, the yeah. boar that gives get, you a, get a, that, get yeah. a planes and a uh, uh, forest out of your deck. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So four, and, four for four. Yeah, and I saw that. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, like, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, so, uh, and they were playing, you know, the normal. It was like a, it was also a dryad deck. They were playing dryad and Thalia and, you know, Field of the Dead and all those kind of cards. Yep. So, which is kind of neat. Like, that's interesting, uh, man. I, I had not considered that card for Legacy. It's a, obviously an amazing limited card, but yeah, having it shut down Fetchlands is pretty nice. Yeah, well, also getting to shut down like Lotus Petal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, like Lion's Eye Diamond is yeah. also kind of good. So, you know, considering the decks that are seeing play with those cards and whatnot. So, but uh, I, I don't know. It, it was an interesting weekend this weekend. There were some cool decks this weekend for sure. Uh, yeah, no I, doubt. I I did enjoy looking through all of the lists for the the and the Anarog list uh, event. The, yeah, the Dice City games, the uh, Fall Revised Legacy Open. Uh, there was yeah, some... why, why is it called Revised? I, I don't know why they do that offhand, okay. but uh, that's uh, something to do with Dice City games. Uh, I'll, I'll ask Ryan Freeberger at some point, I'm sure, uh, and he'll be probably be able to tell me why they call it that. But they, it looked like a pretty neat a neat event. Like I said, Marcus, you know, our buddy Marcus was in that event. Uh, and he, yeah, with yeah. Kahira standstill. Yes, and I thought that was really sweet. It looks pretty cool. I'm like, I, I'm I'm behind any deck that plays Shark Typhoon. Honestly, I love that card a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I like that was cool. Uh, there was somebody playing. There was a Nick Fit list I saw that I kind of pointed out. 
that played uh, Seagate Stormcaller and yeah. was playing yeah, with... Yeah, like, what do you think about that? I've seen that a few times. Yeah, now. playing Village Rights and Assassin's Trophy and Diabolic Intent, and I'm just like, this looks cute and awesome and fun, and then I look down and I'm like, there's a main deck Emrakul, the promised end in this deck. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> do you think Seagate is worth playing in Nick Fit? Because you're like the Nick Fit guy. I've been... The versions I... So, funny enough, the deck that I played for Eternal Weekend started with those cards in it like it had two copies of seagate stormcaller in it yeah uh and then as we started progressing through the tuning of the deck they eventually just got cut gotcha uh simply because we realized the deck wasn't a value stormcaller deck it was a pile deck right so like i ended up yeah i mean because we were trying to like play omnath and all this other stuff and i was just like why are we not playing uro and then i was like why are we not playing oko and I was like, why are we playing him? Oh, yeah, we're playing him because we got Seagate Stormcaller. Yeah, that makes sense. And there's just like, eventually just kept cutting stuff and kept cutting stuff because we were putting in the good cards. Right. You know, and eventually it was like, this deck really isn't a Seagate deck. It's just a, that's a pile deck because that's what Omnath wants. Yeah. Like, we were trying to, like, capitalize on Omnath, and it's like, Omnath wants to be a pile deck because you want to be able to play, like, Uro, and you want to play Ice Fang Quaddle, and you want to play, you know, Oko and stuff in that deck. You don't want to play Seagate Stormcaller. Like, it doesn't seem that good. So it just kind of turned into a pile deck. But the two times I got to play when it was still a Seagate deck, the card was pretty interesting. Uh, okay. I think it darks, I think that card's more powerful than it, than it looks. It definitely, like, you know, you can have some insane turns with it, but it, yeah. it does seem to me like you're just putting another A plus B into a deck that is already an A plus B deck. Yeah, yeah. So like there's I, not that many permutations of it. No. Where where like you're always going to have something that synergizes with it. So No. We were using like cards like Neoform with it. Oh <laughs> shit. You know, so you you know, cast your Neoform and get two Neoforms and we would like Neoform into like, you know, double Risen Reef or something like that, you know, and that now seemed, you're speaking my language. That seemed kinda of fun, you know, and we were like, Oh, this is cool and fun and I was just like and then we just kind of evolved it. And by evolving it means we took out all the fun, cute stuff and put in all the broken stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, which, I, honestly, like, had I not been incredibly tired by round eight of that night, because I played it in the, the very first event. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was the event that started at five o'clock Eastern time. Yeah. Had I not been incredibly tired at round eight, ran into, like, Hogak... And like Karn dot deck and like rounds eight and nine. Rounds eight and nine were like just like okay, I threw those rounds away because they're combo decks and uh, Hogak's already hard to deal with. Uh, and playing Leyline, sure, but uh, you got to have things to do after you play your Leyline, you know, and have a way to win. And they just didn't couldn't put that together in the game, the post board game, you know. Gotcha. Uh, and then like the round nine got carned to death uh and then round 10 it's like two o'clock in the morning on round 10 and they and i'm playing against death and taxes Ugh. and they're just like i could probably i could play this matchup i know but not at two o'clock in the morning when my brain has already played <laughs> nine rounds of magic and i'm super tired like in the videos i recorded every round uh, oh, no. And in the video, you can just hear me go, I am so tired. It's like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. 
I'm not probably not winning this game just on the back of the fact that my brain can't function right now, but we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever. Like, but, because I was, like, I was out of contention for, like, some, probably out of contention for prizes, but I was 4-3 going into round yeah. 8. Like, pretty good. And I felt pretty happy with that. And I ended yeah. up 4-6 because you know, I lost the next three rounds, but I was still happy with my results. Like, uh, and I had a fun time. Like yeah, that that, tour, was, that was a great weekend. Yeah, like I had a fun time playing that event, uh, which is weird because like you know I get super weird anxiety over playing on Mojo Magic Online sometimes, and especially playing in events where I'm paying money. Yeah, uh, and I just like I sat down and I was like, oh, let's just have fun because I I I anxietyed hard that whole week about what I was gonna play in that wow. event. Like, I was just like, maybe I play Rug Delver. Maybe I play this. I played a couple games on this deck, and I played a couple games on that deck, and I'm just like, I don't know what I want to play. And the whole week, I'm spending my time with um, my good friend Ariana McKee, uh, uh, who uh, it gave me this original list for this Nickfit deck, and I'm like, tuning, and we're playing, we're having fun with it. And then I realized, I'm just playing this this weekend, aren't I? And she was like, yeah, probably. Like, cool. And as, then I just sat down. I was like, you know what? Let's just not agonize over it. Let's just play something that seems fun. Uh, and I had fun, you know. Uh, I'm not sure if some of my opponents had fun. I, I had a game against Rugged Over where I got to have double Carpet of Flowers in play, which is already nice. Like, that, that's winning on, like, so many levels. Uh, but then I also got to use Caracas to just loop Omnath back into play every turn. Sweet. Uh, and so I would just like bounce. I would just add a bunch of mana with ca double carpet, bounce Omnath with Caracas, replay Omnath, draw a card, <laughs> and it, the rest was history. And it was just like. Day Tome right there. Yeah. Uh, and, well, and then like getting to like, oh, I'll just play a land and gain four life. And yeah. Yeah. That card's way more absurd than it looks on paper. Like you read that card and you're like, eh, okay, this seems kind of fun. When you play the card, you're like, oh. Oh, this card does busted, broken stuff. Cool. <laughs> I played it in the the Niv Mizzet deck that I played on Saturday. Yeah. That, of that weekend, and I never got to drop a land with it because everybody. I only resolved it twice, but both people scooped to <laughs> it on the stack. So yeah. I actually don't even. I haven't had the experience yet. Yeah. Uh, my my experience with that card is uh, I beat. Uh, I I played a Nick Fit Mirror against the academy rector arena rector version yeah uh, my opponent dropped an ugin and wiped my board uh and in the course of a single turn i used uh an omnath a resolved omnath to kill their ugin nice uh and it's just it's absolutely absurd and the way i had to make it happen was even dumber because i had to play a fetch land i had to fetch with the fetch land and then i cat then i abrupticate my own veteran explorer to trigger it again sweet <laughs> and yeah, that's just what i had explorer. to do <laughs> you know but i had to get that ugin off the table because it was gonna be it was gonna kill me yeah you know and it's just yeah the card's just absolutely absurd uh and not only that like i the thing about it like it's third landfall ability you don't you don't have to like do anything with it it's gonna hit your opponent it's gonna hit all their planeswalkers yeah it's just a mortars like it's yeah. like a super mortars so. yeah and it's like it's super absurd when you actually get to like see what it does. Like, I just I cannot believe how amazing it was. That probably the best card in the deck almost every time I ever got it in play, wow. almost all the time. Besides Uro, like Uro is obviously 
or else so disgusting. Absurd. Yeah. So, and that was basically just what the deck was. It was just like, all right, well, I'm going to play all the cool, stupid haymakers. Uh, and then one of my, one of our people in our, our group, you know, the, our moderator group on that server, uh, one of them is, uh, Solnox, uh, Case, yeah. Carrie. And he's like, dude, he's like, I don't understand you. He's like, he's like, you're playing a deck without Astrolabe. You're never going to have your mana line up. Like, <laughs> you're going to feel so bad when you want to cast Plow and you're never going to get to cast Plow. And I'm like, dude, I'm doing it. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's working out just fine. And I don't even understand why it's working out just fine. Like, trust me. Like, it looks on paper like a pile of absolute dumbness that shouldn't ever cast the spells it can cast. But it does. And I don't know why. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure why. It looked pretty sweet, honestly. I, I, yeah. I definitely... I, I could see how it works. But. Yeah, I, I, I was like... I was like, but I've been testing it and, like, it the mana lines up. I don't know why, but it does, you know? And so I was like, all right, you know, cool. And then we, I was just like, yeah, I'm just playing it. And I, I actually lost a game. I actually lost a match. Like my round one, I lost a time. Yeah. Like, because I was playing against another snow deck, uh, that was also playing Omnath. Uh, <laughs> cause that was the weekend where all the snow, de- all snow players were like, let's play Omnath and fell at our retreat. Yeah. <laughs> and we were all like, oh, oh, yeah, that's broken. I wish I could have fit a Felidar Retreat in that deck, honestly. That and seems really disgusting in that deck. Yeah, when you're playing Primeval Titan and uh, Field of the Dead already, like, Field is so good. The card's just absolutely absurd. I don't know why that's... Yep. It's another card of why I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure that card exists, but... Why is it not legendary? That's what bothers me about it. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, if it was legendary, it would be like the Valakit problem all over again. Like, you know, it would be yep. much worse if it was legendary. But it, it is really what it is. Should be, but whatever. Yep. Yeah, they, they, yeah, <laughs> they did what they did. Yeah, but so. so you mentioned a podcast earlier. Where can people find that if they want to listen to your podcast? Uh, actually, my my buddy and I, uh, Scott Campbell, uh, have been doing a podcast for. Uh, past couple months, uh, we started kind of in the middle, midst of all this like pandemic, you know, stuff. Yeah. Uh, and decided, hey, well, let's, let's talk about magic and stuff like that. And so uh, we came up with a podcast called The Astro Lab. Sweet. Uh, so kind of a, a pun on the Astro, on Arkham's Astrolabe. Uh, so our, our joke is the, our podcast tag is the podcast that everybody wants to ban. Nice. <laughs> uh, so you can find that on Twitter at the Astrolabcast. Sweet. Uh, so I think we're we were gonna record this weekend. The stuff happened. I was like super headachey, tired, and we decided not to. Uh, so we're probably gonna be like this next weekend. We're gonna record an episode, and I think we're on episode twenty-three. So awesome, bro. Do doing like you know, it's not doing too bad. So. I need to work on not saying the word um a lot, which yeah. I'm really bad at. <laughs> oh, so Super bad. bad at it. When you first start. So bad. <laughs> so bad at it. Uh, but I just, see, I did it again. Yeah. So I'm real bad at that. But uh, other than that, it's, we've had a lot of fun. We we spent most of our, like, burgeoning episodes bitching about companions. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, just having a good time. He, he, we like to, my buddy likes to. He likes to shout at clouds a lot, but uh, he's a good guy, and uh, he's also a local to me, so one of my local really good friends. 
Sweet. And uh, so we've had some good. We've had some, we've had a couple of guests on too, uh, mostly like local folks that we know. Um, one of my buddies, uh, Eric Serfos Miller, who's a judge, uh, came on uh, for episode twenty. We had uh, my buddy Brandon Miller, who's a arena streamer, and whatnot, uh, on at some point, and so it's been it's been a fun and interesting experience. Sweet. <laughs> uh, and it gives me a chance to talk about magic outside of just talking about these other the formats that I actively play because my buddy is a big modern fan he's a big pioneer fan uh he's a big edh player so i get to like learn about all the edh stuff mainly from him because i haven't played edh in such a long time uh it's been literally years since i really touched an actual edh game <laughs> i can relate very seriously the, the very seriously it touched the format at least yeah you know before when i actually used to own cards for it i don't own you know, paper cards for anything but like my popper cube anymore. So lucky you, man. Uh, I I play mostly on Magic Online. Yeah. Now, so it's like I don't need. I bought. I sold off a lot of stuff. I don't even own like legacy cards anymore. Uh, I have a buddy that I can borrow from if I need to like borrow for stuff. But there's no paper events right now, so kind of lines up. Yep. <laughs> you know, and I was doing this before you know covid hit so uh maybe i was ahead of the game i don't know but it definitely definitely ahead of the game yeah (laughs) so i i just i play mostly on there and mainly because i i rent and renting is great and i i use it a lot and i'm in and out of decks like every other week and just playing different things so especially if i see something that popped up that looks interesting like I'm probably gonna hard try play that stupid didgeridoo deck. Yeah, it does, <laughs> it does look pretty sweet. Uh, we're gonna give it a shot for sure. <laughs> well, good luck with that, man. Thank you so much for coming on and, and yeah. for blowing off leaving legacy. It means a lot, <laughs> especially because of that, you know. So so funny story about that. So you know, Jerry texted me. He's like, "Hey, can you come on the ta- cast?" And I was like, uh, "I'm recording with Ian and Tom." Uh, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh." Okay. And then, he sent, <laughs> and then he sent me that picture of him telling you guys. <laughs> and then weirdly enough, out of nowhere, uh, Chris Benucci from 90s MTG texts me and says, hey, are you doing anything Monday? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, and, I, and I was like, we got and, I was like and I was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to be recording with the dead format. And he was like, well, we're playing Proxy Vintage. I just wanted to know if you wanted to come on. I said, uh, maybe at some point in the future, but not this Monday, you know. Wow. So, you know. Look but, at you, man. I know, right? I was like, Hot weird. Commodity. It was so odd. I was like, okay, cool. Like, But <laughs> I, I was on there the weekend, the week after Eternal Weekend, that Monday after Eternal yeah. Weekend, I was on 90s MTG playing the same deck playing on the omnaf nick fit deck and uh had a lot of fun with those guys so Sweet. they they really are doing a great job uh on that channel with the paper webcam you know legacy content and of course so i'm like i don't own paper legacy cards so i i cut out and proxy to de- the deck tom knows you know that. yep yeah yeah writing yeah. in sharpie and slipping the sleeves in the in the the paper i i i I printed them off and cut them out. 
Yep. Ooh, so yeah, I got so, that for quite a few of them that I use, but some I had to just go right to uh, right to writing on a slip of paper. I'm fancy. <laughs> let's let's be real. I'm I'm one of those people that has to be like consistently perfect with what I do in that regards. Because uh, I've made good-looking proxies uh, before, but was cutting out paper and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, uh, it's got to look re- recognizable at least. So, uh, for webcam play, especially. So, but I actually have an order coming in for stuff that's like proxies. So sweet. Yeah, some good-looking ones. Uh, I did the thing where I did a thing where I put disparate cards that would not see play in the same deck on the back of the proxy on the on the back yeah so that i could cut down on how much printing space i had i had mm-hmm. and how, how money wise and just be yep. able to fit more fit more and then i just gotta print them all you just gotta have them so i can use them for like our local like tsi you know team series events also webcam play you know i don't have to go, go print them off i can just pull them out of the box and like deck build Hell yeah. And that makes it a lot easier for me because, again, I'm probably, at this point, I'm probably very unlikely to actually purchase, like, legacy magic cards again. Um, Especially not vintage magic cards. Like, I'll probably never own power. And that's fine. Yeah. No, I'll just play it on Magic Online where there's a lot more people to play with. And then at the local events, we're all proxy anyways. So, you know... You come down and play with us a team series, you can play all the proxy vintage you want to play. And uh, for sure, you'll be able to play a lot of old school, too, because a lot of those guys play a lot of old school. Yeah, bro. Well, just so, let me know, yeah. and I'll be down yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Old school, middle school, we play all that stuff. So it's it's a good group of folks, honestly. I can't wait to get down there, man. Well, thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate yeah. it. This Week in Legacy, the uh, the what's the Twitter for the podcast again? Uh, at the at the Astrolab cast. The Astrolab cast. Okay, there we go. And of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Volrath XP. Volrath XP. Look for the pony. That's what I always tell people. Yeah. Uh, at Ian eighteen one twenty five. Tom, people want to find you. You can find the cast at Dead Format Cast on Twitter, and you can find my wild videos at T Smiley MTG. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you really, you really can. We got, we oh got, a, we got an AQ forty speed run coming up tomorrow, and. Uh, and then we have Nax in a few weeks. God, I All right. Well, get so hyped. Long. You hear that, McBain? All right. That's a wrap.